Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been talking about critical race theory these last few days, and we hope that we are not exhausting you on this subject. It, it is a bit exhausting, but... This is, is coming to um, a church, a home, a business um, near you, and we feel it's important that you would be somewhat equipped to be able to talk about it. Vody Bakum in his book, you know, let, let's give a couple books out real quick. Um, so one one book to possibly put on your bookshelf, Fault Lines by Vody Bakum. The subtitle is The Social Justice Movement and Evangelicals Looming Catastrophe. I commend this book to you. Very helpful. I I really think even maybe prior to fault lines start with confronting injustice without compromising truth by Thaddeus Williams. It's just a nice entry level book. The chapters are extremely short. It's broken down into to different categories, and I think it will just help you have a, a good foundation under your feet, um, so that when you begin to interact with other books like fault lines, Carl Truman has a good book. But it's the last one you should read, not the first one that you should be, read. It's much more involved. It's much more labor intensive. The benefit, I think, is going to be um, great on Carl Truman's book. But start with Confronting Injustice Without Compromising Fruit, Truth. Move to Fault Lines. End with Carl Truman's The Rise and Fall of Modern Self. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the... Just real quick, I actually think Cynical Theories by Helen Pleckrose and, and James, Lindsay. James Lindsay is a good book to read. Just understand that they're not Christian, but their analysis of not just critical race theory, but just critical, critical theory, theory in general is excellent. Their solutions are they call, hollow they call and it shallow. And, and cynical theories, is that what they Cynical theories. Cynical theories, yeah. yeah. And, and there is a sense in... On the other side, blessed are the cynical. Uh, there is a, you know, this is a, this is uh, something that we recognize because of sin in how it's affected humanity. We we don't simply accept things on, you know, just because somebody says it. That we test all theories according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about. Well, at least I'm going to start the conversation by talking about George Floyd. Uh, there is a uh, a mainline narrative that that critical race theory is, is is essentially putting out there that it's it's this that the police are two and a half times more likely to shoot and kill a black man than a white man. Now that's a that's a huge claim. If that's true, then we have a a deep disturbing problem, and and that is the narrative that's being put out now. Vody Bakum, who is a, a black, godly Christian man, he takes on that narrative and he applies it essentially to like all of those huge uh, profile police killings that happened in this last year. So George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Philando Castile, Tamir Rice, etc. He finds he finds uh, a corresponding occurrence in which the same things happen to a white individual. Right. 
Exactly. In, in in the same year, in the same, you know, those kind of things are happening at the same time. Right. And, and specifically with the, so he, he's not trying to um, adjudicate the case. He's he's not saying, you know, the, the cop is guilty or innocent. He's just saying, okay, here you have the case of George Floyd, which was a tragedy. And then next to it, you have these other cases that were likewise tragic. And we don't know their names. And we don't know their names we, precisely because they're they're white people. Mm-hmm. Why don't we know their names? Why isn't the media reporting on these things? Well, it's because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the 2.5 black men to one white man that's being killed by police. It doesn't fit that. Now you have to ask yourself, what? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, why, why, why are we being spoon-fed a particular narrative? And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important question. Sure, and sometimes, sometimes it's perhaps pernicious that a that a certain narrative gets spun, and always be aware, be aware, and be thinking critically about what what is the narrative here what's what's the narrative that's being put across and and is it truthful um or is it not truthful but and i said sometimes it's pernicious but i think very often it's just laziness Mm -hmm. it's just the laziness of the media that they will uh fit they will fit incidents into a narrative or they will report incidents that fit a narrative and they will not report incidents that don't fit the narrative. And so and we, we can all be guilty of that. And we of, can, of all, we can, absolutely. We can all be guilty of that. It's, it's very human as Christians. Uh, we need to be absolutely committed to the truth. And when we believe that even, even though every one of us has our biases, by the grace of God, we can begin to see through those, and let's be let's be committed to truth, no matter no matter where it leads. Uh, but I I agree hundred percent. Be be wary of narratives. I know from just my years of teaching that we all have tendencies to hear and analyze and take data through the the lens that we the le- individual lenses of what we have our worldviews. Mm-hmm. And so this is a tendency that we, we all can have. Um, but as Christians, our desire is that we see sin as sin in all different venues and that we don't try to just pick and choose those facts or data that support an underlying belief system that we want to maintain. And sometimes even in Christianity, you can have people that – are really just talking in a, in a, in a vacuum, in an echo chamber. Um, and I believe that our faith, God's word is big enough to handle the different challenges that people have against it. And that there aren't going to be truths or data that are going to be found that are going to undermine the truth of who God is and what he's revealed in his word. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to come to the same conclusions. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree with this, but it does mean that we're not afraid of facts. We're not afraid of data. We're not afraid of conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what I found is that those that are promoting things like critical race theory are actually afraid of data and facts and statistics and are going to what I would call cherry pick. They're going to pick and choose and say, well, this one fits my narrative, so I want to listen to it. I want to take it. This one doesn't. 
And so I'm going to somehow either dismiss it or I'm going to malign it and make it not legitimate because it doesn't work. And what you're going to find is that things like critical race theory are going to have so much that doesn't work because it's built on a foundation that's actually contrary to God's word. And so it's going to eventually um, collapse under the weight of its own inadequacies because it can't handle the challenges that come against it. Yes, and critical race theory, as we've talked about before, is is an application of Marxism uh, to to uh, the issue of race, uh, it is uh, to to use a trendy term, and I'm actually going to use one of their trendy terms. It it is a meta narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an all encompassing worldview. It is a story that purports to tell the truth about the human race, mm-hmm. and uh, it is in direct conflict with the meta narrative of the Bible, and. I don't think any one of us is smart enough or has, has the knowledge. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think the human race is capable of coming up with a true meta-narrative on its own. But we come up with, pe- people do come up with meta-narratives that are imitations of and, and thefts of the gospel. And just be careful as a Christian, hold on tight to the meta-narrative of the Bible that God created this world good, that God created human beings good in his own image, but that we fell into sin. We, we fell into rebellion against God, and that is the source of, of every evil that plagues the, the human race. Uh, but God, in infinite love, sent his Son into the world on, to, to uh, redeem us, uh, to, that we could be reconciled to God once again. And then the completion of the story is one day we are going to be, we who, we who are in Christ are going to be with God for eternity. Okay, that's the meta narrative in cliff notes of the Bible. Uh, the the meta narrative of, of critical race theory is very, very different. And it, it has, as far as I can tell, not a thimble full of grace or forgiveness mm-hmm. in it. And everybody around, every pastor in this studio right now would acknowledge, oh my, yes, uh, racial sin is endemic. Uh, it, is, it has plagued the human race from the beginning. It has plagued our country from the beginning. Uh, it is a source of great pain and division, and, and racism is a, a wickedness uh, that the Bible addresses. Uh, the gospel is the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christianity has, the gospel has, has been mm-hmm. the only thing that has solved the problem of, of racism. I mean, um, it, <laughs> to, to try to say that CRT will fix the problem of, of racism is like saying, well, socialism and communism will fix the problem of poverty. Uh, I mean, uh, people who look back at America and say, well, America is a, is a racist country. I would say that by the grace of God, because of the Christian influence that has been in America, we have made more strides towards uh, obliterating racism, though it still exists, mm-hmm. than any other nation that rejects the gospel. I mean, go to some of these countries today. Travel. I mean, go around the world. Find a place that does not you know, embrace the gospel and see what kind of racism and oppression exists in those places. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, yes. those are very racist. 
racist places yes. to live where the gospel not, is not not just influenced. not just racist but the, just the the fact that uh, you know without the gospel there is a a continuation of the third world kind of country the you know there was a british columnist his name's matthew parrish he's an avowed atheist he grew up in africa returned after 45 uh, years he says um, he, he wrote an article, as an atheist, I truly believe Africa needs God. And he begins to make a claim for what Christianity has actually done in those countries. And, you know, they need God. He says they need Christ, not a pagan or tribal witchcraft. They, you know, he says it staggers his imagination to even say that because he keeps denying God. Um, but he's, he'd return there and he says, yeah, I've been trying to banish all my life an observation I've been unable to avoid since my African childhood. It confounds my ideological belief, suddenly refuses to fit my worldview, and has embarrassed my growing belief that there's no God. But as a confirmed atheist, I've become convinced of the enormous contribution that Christian evangelism has made in Africa, distinct from the government projects and international aid efforts. These alone will not do. Education and training alone will not do. In Africa, Christianity changes people's hearts, brings a spiritual transformation. The rebirth is real and the change is good. From an atheist. From an atheist. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, please get out, go to our website, ReformationBoise.com. You can sign up for our upcoming conference, September 17th and 18th. The theme is Worship. This is our annual conference. Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson are there. We would love to see you. See you next time.